Dennis Ramundi here with my co-host Phil Goldberg, author of American Veda. Our guest today uh, has been Debashish uh, Banerjee, uh, and uh, fabulous, uh, brilliant guy. I was very impressed. Yeah, I've known Debashish for a while, and uh, his uh, intellect and scope of knowledge always uh, amazes me. Yeah, he... he uh, as many areas of expertise. Actually, uh, one of the gurus from India that I know uh, uh, little about has been uh, Sri Aurobindo. Uh, so I will. I read a little bit about him for the interview, and uh, I will read more. It's fascinating, and I know. Uh, I, I I read that uh, that uh, Sri Aurobindo was no- nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize, but he was also nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. I mean, a Nobel Prize in literature. This was back around 1947, 1950. So uh, huh. quite an interesting guy uh, yeah. and uh, has written a lot. So it would be fascinating to, to uh, learn more about him. And certainly, Yeah, his life seen... is fascinating. You know, I was just in India and uh, in the area uh, where um, uh, he spent a lot of his youth in Calcutta and uh, uh, when he was a young firebrand um, revolutionary or a freedom fighter mm-hmm. uh, and was jailed by the British. Uh, and it was in jail that he had a major spiritual breakthrough uh, in his own consciousness, right. now, which what's... led to his becoming you know, a spiritual leader as opposed to a political leader, but always in the you know, interest of... of human freedom, and ended up in the South where, uh, in Pondicherry, because at the time it was a French colony and the British couldn't, couldn't touch him there, and that's where he established his ashram and uh, where people can still visit. Uh, but we should be, uh, clarify that he's one of the gurus who has been very influential in bringing Indian philosophy and teachings to the West, but he never came here himself. He was, however, educated in Britain as a young man, so his, he was really a, uh, a pioneer in the integration of East and West mm-hmm. and sci- science and spirituality. This was long before uh, uh, almost anyone else was doing it. I think he was born in 1872 and died in 1950. And I should mention, if you want to know more about this, uh, read uh, American Veda, Phil's book, because uh, this is the uh, sort of stuff that's covered in there. And it's very yeah, interesting. Yeah, but I mean, you know, Aurobindo's described in there and, and discussed in, in American Veda, but it's, you know, I, I can only scratch the surface. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, integral yoga, I've always associated with uh, Swami, I, I think it's Swami Satya Dananda. Uh, yeah. what, was there a... A, a direct connection between the two? Uh, I, I don't think so. I mean, sure, surely uh, Satchitananda would have known about mm-hmm. Sri Aurobindo and his work. Everybody in India did, you know, along with Ramana Maharshi, you know, in the uh, both of whom died in 1950, but they were the, the two best-known and most revered spiritual teachers in India in, you know, the 30s and 40s and 50s. Uh, and, and so uh, Satchitananda would certainly have known about him. Um, I don't know that they ever met or he ever went to Pondicherry or anything like that. But, you know, the term 
you know, he used it when he, uh, Satyananda did, when he uh, started his Integral Yoga Institute in, in America. But, you know, these are things that we think of as brand names, but many mm-hmm. people have used the term integral and integral right. yoga, right. so right. I, I wouldn't make a big deal of it. But it, it can be confusing because they both use the term. Yeah, Sri Aurobindo, one of the great teachers uh, bringing the knowledge of the East to the West. Um, also, uh, I want to mention uh, Debashish. You know, in the introduction to Spirit Matters Talk, to our podcast, uh, is a little piece you wrote, Phil, that says... Uh, we have people that are well-known and people that should be well-known. And I'd put Debashish definitely in a category of people that should be well-known. He's a very scholarly guy, very knowledgeable. This whole area yeah. of art and the sacred and all that we, we were just touching upon at the end of the interview, which we will follow up on in a, in a future interview with him, uh, is just, uh, you know, uh, very uh, thought-provoking, very deep spiritual stuff uh, yeah. that... Uh, uh, yeah, people, I think, will really uh, enjoy learning more about. Yeah, I wish we had more time to go into it, but I would uh, refer people to Debashish's article in the current, that is uh, April, I think, issue of Sutra Journal. And that's an online journal. Online journal, so you can just go to it, and it's free. You yeah, actually look for it. check it's, out Sutra it's, Journal. It's S-U-T-R-A. And if you're listening to this, you know, Months from now, uh, it'll still be available in the archive. Uh, but it's, it's a wonderful uh, description of the uses and purposes traditionally of uh, art forms in India and their their utility in spiritual practice and and ritual. And if you go to India, um, you know you see that you, you get a, a sense of what he means by that. If you go to the temples and you see the the sort of uh, artwork on um, and people's you know home pujas and you know little shrines here and there. Uh, whereas if you go to a museum, uh, even the, some of the best collections of Indian art in 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 America, uh, you know we we tend to look at them for their aesthetic value and they're presented that way as these beautiful works of art, like. You know, you could look at a statue of, you know, the Shiva Nataraj, for example, or something like that, and and just look at it as if you were looking at a, you know, a Henry Moore sculpture or something. Mm-hmm. But there's different uses and meanings that uh, are given, uh, and and spiritual practices around these uh, images that are. It's really interesting yeah. to explore. I often wonder if uh, some of the ritual uh, that takes place, say, for instance, in Catholicism around statues, uh, not only of the Christ figure, but of the Virgin Mary and saints and all, uh, if, that can, if there's much influence from uh, uh, Indian ritual and tradition, I, I would think, you know. And, I don't uh, know. Yeah, that would be... A, I don't know, but if you look at, you know, if you go to Notre Dame or, you know, one of the great mm-hmm. cathedrals, you know, you... It's a, these places can evoke a deep spiritual experience, uh, you know, it's partly because of just the, the vibration in the place, but also just looking at, at some of the artwork can really be elevating. And you know, know I, I remember windows. traveling around Europe with some friends and going into different uh, churches and cathedrals and chapels and meditating and kind of afterwards saying, what do you think of that place? Oh, yeah, that had a really deep vibe, you know, right, that place. Right. And it was really true. There was a, 
a silence and in some places a very lively silence uh, that you felt. Uh, and I, I think a lot of it comes from the ritual. And uh, yeah, fascinating. Yeah. The other thing I was going to ask, uh, see what you thought about uh, Debashish. He's been in the U.S. now for a number of years. Um, I wonder his perception of 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 uh, about India and Indian philosophy and what people's thoughts of were it in the United States when he first came and what mm. they are now because it must be radically different. Uh, it probably is, but um, and I don't know exactly how long he's been here, but I've spoken to Indian people who have been here. Some of them since the they came as students, mm. they, you know, as early as the 1960s and others who have been here only, you know, 10 years or whatever. And, and you could, you know, there is a difference. Look, we've lived through it. You know, we know how things have changed in that regard, so they, they notice it too. But I, it's a good question. We could have asked Debashish. Yeah, uh, no, it, yeah, America is an amazing place. I mean, when I was a kid growing up in the New York area, I never, never remember seeing a Hindu temple. Now you can go to a certain section of, the, of Queens, New York, and yeah. you would think you were in India, or yeah. you, you know, uh, there's a there's a section of Chicago like that as well. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, that 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 is part of the you know wonderful story of American immigration mm -hmm. in general. I mean, there was a time in America when you didn't see a Catholic church or a synagogue, right? right. <laughs> and then suddenly the immigrants came, and you know, by the first or second generation, they put some money together and they built houses of worship. Well, the the Hindus uh, who have come from India have done something similar, you know, and so we now have you know that wave of immigration didn't start till the change in immigration laws in 1965. So it took a while, but then suddenly, you know, there are Hindu temples. And, right. you know, and, everywhere. And, I mean, I was at one a huge temple uh, in, you know, Nashville, Tennessee, of all places. I mean, wow. you know, anywhere there's a significant Indian population, you'll start to see temples. Right, and in, in Silicon Valley, they want to uh, make it easier for Indians to come because we need... The uh, many, many <laughs> software engineers that they yeah, are providing. Well, and, and they are, it's interesting because the Indians are coming, and this goes for many different groups, but I'm going to focus on India now. And right, they are both bringing ancient wisdom, and they are fueling with knowledge and, and expertise yeah. much of what's going on at Silicon Valley. It's a great story. It is. It's one of the more interesting uh, stories of you know uh, American immigration. Just like the the where there's a lot of attention now on on Muslim immigrants and second generation, third generation Muslims in America who also you know they built mosques mm -hmm. and they you know just like all the other immigrant groups before them, the minority religious immigrant groups. The Indian population is, is, is interesting in its own right. They're all interesting in their own right. But because of the level of education and the um, fact that most Indians grow up speaking English and the ones who are uh, university trained and trained in technical things are the ones who uh, primarily came here, but not exclusively. You mm -hmm. know, there's a lot of Indian merchants and uh, all kinds of people. So it's it's a fascinating integration, uh, and and one that's I think a very important one is spiritually because you you now have people who grew up in the Hindu tradition going to school and working with and falling in love with and marrying and becoming pals with and playing tennis with, 
you know, people who were uh, raised in Western traditions. And it's a, you know, a, 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 an informal means of integrating right. the, the two cultures. It's the American story. It's a great story. It continues yeah. to be a melting pot. And, and I think something, many, many very good things have come from it. Well, another uh, fabulous guest, in my opinion, Debashish Banerjee, and I look forward to having him back on uh, Spirit Matters Talk, found at spiritmatterstalk.com. Find us on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter. We're, uh, tell your friends about us, and uh, please uh, uh, you know, go to the website. All information is there about uh, contacting us, send us a... Uh, um, recommendations uh, for guests or uh, tell us anything you want to tell us and we have some fabulous shows coming up so uh, thank you for listening. Phil, thank you. Thanks, Dennis. Until next, next time. time. Bye.